It's time for Moment of Truth with David Moses. And welcome to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. My first guest on the show today is a filmmaker and has over 50 documentary films to her name, many of them with the National Film Board, or NFB, including Gunastatage, 270 Years of Resistance, regarding the 1990 Oka crisis in Quebec. Alanis Obanswin has numerous awards and degrees, including the Office of the Order of Canada, the Governor General's Award in Visual and Media Arts, the Governor General's Performing Arts Award, the Order of Montreal, the Grand Office of the National Order of Quebec, and she is a member of the Order of Canada. Annalisa Obanswin describes the basic purpose of her films as giving voice to Indigenous people regardless of what is being talked about, whether it has to do with having existence recognized or whether it has to do with speaking about values, survival, beliefs, or that we, the Indigenous people, belong to something beautiful that is, and that it's okay to be a Native person in this country. Her latest film about, is about to premiere at the Toronto Film Festival on September 10th, and it's entitled Jordan River Anderson, The Messenger. It is with great pleasure and respect that I welcome Elanise Obansuin to the Element FM studios. Elanise, Ani, bonjour et bienvenue. Merci. Quoi, quoi. <laughs> and of course, you know, uh, you have got this great history uh, of, of films behind you. And I mentioned uh, the Oka and, and, and Ganasatage only because it, it has made quite an impact and sort of, uh, it, it's it's well known in in the work that you've done as well. Yes, I'd say so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't help but think that over the time that you've been doing films, and and I, what has changed? What have you seen change, oh if anything? I've in seen a to, lot of yeah. changes. Just think, you know, when I first began, it was just uh, unbelievable. Only trouble. Only uh, being put down, uh, made invisible, and mm. people criticizing our people all the time. The minute anyone uh, made a statement about anything, it's, ah, these Indians, they're, they're lazy. They drink. Uh, they don't pay tax. And, you know, and this is the kind of uh, attitude that you could hear all the time. And I think it really came from uh, the way the uh, uh, educational system was... Uh, uh, organized like a really um, designed to uh, create and teach uh, about us as savages. We went around scalping people and all that stuff. It was really designed to create hate towards us, mm. and they succeeded for a long time. Mm. And uh, I'm I really I'm very thankful that I've lived this long to see the changes. Yeah, especially with the kind of work that you do, where you're dealing directly with uh, many people involved with with the issues themselves, which takes us up to uh, Jordan's uh, principle and and the the latest film that is going to be uh, uh, unveiled and premiered at the, at TIFF on September 10th. Jordan River Anderson, the Messenger, and, and the film is of course named after this child who, who whose life focused the this this health issue. Uh, and the lack of health that is, is being supplied to indigenous children on reserves. It, it was, and it's a very, in some ways, a very sad story. And and over ten years in the making, of course, I guess. Yes, yes. But um, it, it's been so bad for our people all across the country. And it's funny because I was telling somebody I was reading a, a few months ago about. Uh, when first the Europeans came here, we look, we, I'm talking about 1630, 1680, they made statements like uh, they felt that uh, native people, like Indian people, uh, were too close to their children. They loved their children too much. So they were analyzing this and saying, we must separate the children from the parents, and also we will be able to control them. This is 1680, 1630 that I, that this was written and, you know, and it hasn't changed and in, 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 in the kind of way of thinking they've succeeded and they did separate the children and it went on and on and on and now there's such strong reaction against that, even with Jordan. 
like for any children to get help, you have to give your child to the system, to that becomes a ward of the government. Then you would get help, and this child will go to an outside family. Mm-hmm. You think they, they didn't, you know, their brain was deranged, I think, to think that who's going to love these children more than their own parents? And the fight has been just incredible. And our, again, our people, AFN and the foundation, uh, K- Cindy Blackstock uh, Caring Society, and Norway House community mm-hmm. have really didn't want to see another child going through that again. And uh, it's been very difficult, I'm sure, as you know, for a lot of people, heartbroken because they don't want to be without their children. Mm. And uh, in until 2016, even when the motion of uh, uh, was passed about uh, Jordan's principle, mm-hmm. Uh, everybody who applied for help or money or you know equipment were all refused. In 2016, uh, the tribunal made its decision and said that the government was discriminating against indigenous children. But still, the government was appealing the decision. Yeah. It's not until 2017 that it changed. And uh, it's unbelievable the help people are getting now. Now, so, and what you're describing there is what this film follows. It yes, follows that story. From the beginning. Uh, focusing, of course, at first on Jordan yes. and, and his issues and his family. But then it also uh, goes into another family, yes. someone that, that had uh, some, some expertise, I guess you might yes. say, with the legal world. Yes. She, the, the woman is a lawyer, I believe. Her husband was a, was a principal at a, te- yes. at, at a, a school and and they even are denied and and yes. have issues and and they bring it up to Cindy Blackstock of course who yeah. has been involved with this and Cindy of course such a champion such oh. a wonderful wonderful Can you imagine how lucky we are to yeah. have her yeah we we really are yeah. she's she's just uh, wonderful and of course she she of course uh, makes uh, some does some interviews and you you're able to get some footage of her uh, i guess at the tribunal making some presentations yes. And there's some beautiful moments, of course, in the film. Uh, I think of the blanket, Jordan's blanket, for instance. Oh, my God. So moving. Jean Crowder was just... You know, you, when you think of all the people who fought against this awful uh, rule, and, uh, and look at... I think in the film you begin to understand that everything is possible. Mm. If you fight long enough for something that's real, unjust, and you believe in it, they they make it hard for you that you might give up or you know say no this we don't do this you you can influence in law changing you can influence and especially when our people are working inside the government in a lot of cases you see the influence they have and you know when you see uh, Doctor Gideon talking there it's so different you know before all the the uh, reaction was no no the government is doing what it's supposed to do. Mm always denying. And Hershey says, no, it was wrong. We were doing it wrong. And the the tribunal told us so. And they uh, ordered us to do something else. And we're obeying. And that's what we're doing. My God, I was was sitting there, I'm telling you. I I was so happy for once, you know, admit and Mm -hmm. change it. And Mm -hmm. it's wonderful what's happening now. Look at the summit where they have... You know, and... And that is such a wonderful way to to leave the film, at least in terms of because of all these denials and and, yeah. and even having uh, this principle passed and and said it, it's you know this is this should be happening and then again nothing yes. people can't access yeah. the dollars no. they can't get assistance they can't get help yeah. there's still this what, battle between provincial and and yes. and and federal and um, and then of course. There's there's the budget is talked about in yes. terms of you know that nothing changed even though yeah. the you know the principle was put forward, yes. yeah. and it really does you know when you see those things it makes you it well I don't know about other people it it, it certainly angers you <laughs> it angers yes. you and so what does it take like you said though yeah. but you know Cindy addressed what you said there about you know if you fight long enough yes. but I thought she has such a beautiful way of putting words oh. together. And when she said, you know, these children have been patient. Imagine. 
in silence for over 10 years. Many and died, too. Yeah. You know, so when you hear those kind of things, and you know what, what's interesting is if you watch the other people in the film as she is addressing the tribunal, and you see their faces, most of them are looking down and, yeah. you know, almost cowering because she's speaking truth. Yeah. For sure. And, you know, at times, because uh, I've been there for quite a few years now, mm -hmm. I've seen uh, some lawyers and people uh, trying to humiliate her mm. and, ask, and ask her or making, saying things, uh, trying to make her, her look like she's, what she's saying is not true or mm. that. They humiliate her. And, well, uh, and I find that uh, very difficult to watch. Mm. And I remember one particular day where I felt really bad. I remember crying myself to sleep, thinking, oh, my God, how can she stand to be treated like that? And the next day I saw her and I said, you know, Cindy, I was very worried about you yesterday with the way that uh, these questions were put to you and tried to ridicule you. She says, yeah, sometimes <clears throat> I'm going to try and say it like she said, but it might be a little different. But it's something like she says, well, sometimes I come home and I... I feel a little down, but I'm not going to get to their level. Yeah, people will see this is the way they treat us, and it's for them to be. She has a, you can't, you can't put her down. <laughs> she's so strong. Yeah. And uh, my God, I just hope she keeps her health a long, long, long time because she doesn't bend down for anybody. Well, of course, we need those kind of people out there, and Cindy certainly is is one of those mm -hmm. people. And, and and if people aren't uh, familiar with her, they certainly will be uh, when they watch this film <laughs> and see her involvement and yeah. see what she has done yeah. uh, and championed for them and, and, and for, for children, for yes. Indigenous children. Yes. And she's been at that fight a long time. And you've been at your fight a long time in terms of bringing these issues to film and... and and putting them to screen and, and making sure that, that those, those voices are heard. Mm -hmm. So congratulations to you and, and all the work that you have done. And, you know, um, w the premiere on September mm -hmm. 10th for this yeah. film, um, I, I imagine you'll be there, of course. Of course. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> and I'll be a nervous wreck for uh, that. <laughs> I'd like to ask you, when... Did you first get involved with the making of this film? 2011. Okay. And it had already mm -hmm. been started since 2007 mm -hmm. in terms of when they, the government passed a, mm -hmm. I don't know what to call it, the resolution or the motion or whatever. Mm -hmm. Now it, Cindy says it's a law, mm -hmm. Jordan's principle. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I, uh, I'm, I'm, education has been my main uh, Thing in my life because I was so disgusted with the books about the history of Canada mm -hmm. that went on for so many generations. And I went through that, gen that time of uh, being uh, put down and beat up because of the books. So I just thought, hmm, what could I do, little me, you know? So I said to myself, the children have to hear another story. Mm. That's how I started. First, I was uh, singing and talking to children and talking about history, and, and I enjoyed every minute of it. I did hundreds of schools all across the country, played games with the kids at recreation time. I, I loved it, and I won because I finally, you know, it is, I could feel the difference mm. in some of our people coming into the classroom, too, and... Uh, it's, uh, I really believed in it, and I was right. That's a nice story. You're listening to Element FM, and uh, this is Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. My guest is Elanisa Bonswin. She is a documentary filmmaker, and we are talking about her new film about to be premiered on September 10th at uh, Toronto International Film Festival, Jordan River Anderson, The Messenger. I, said, I, I encourage you to try and catch this film, if not at the festival, somewhere else. It is at sometimes difficult to watch, I, I guess you could say. It, 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 is, uh, it is a real film about real people and about real issues. And it is, 
it, 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 it's it's tough to watch. It, it gets my back up at times when I see it. But ultimately, there is some great news at the end of the film. You mentioned this, that people are now getting, and, and you talk about this near the end of the film, about how both indigenous and non-indigenous within the government are working together. Yes. And that you could actually see the difference. You could yes. feel the difference yes. in the department as it was yes. rolling this out. 215,000, I believe, is that? 216,000 help. Have so it means, uh, it, it doesn't necessarily mean 216,000 children. Yes. Because perhaps a child um, may get three help, like maybe a wheelchair and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. some other equipment. Sure. And it's counted by uh, yeah. services they've given. Yes. And by now, I'm sure it's much higher than that because mm-hmm. this is when we did the lot of the, of the film that I got in touch with them to find out how far they were. Mm. But just that alone, and when you see at the summit the people who are standing and telling of their experience, 10 years, couldn't oh. get any help at all, yeah. and 2017, everything changed. And that's and encouraging. It is, and, and, and it's... You know, it's very interesting to see the development of how this rolled out. Even when you see the government sitting at the tribunal saying, but we are complying. Yes. (laughs) We are complying. What a difference now, you see, with uh, Dr. Gideon, how she talks. Yeah, yeah, you know. She's saying, no, we did did it wrong. Right. And And now we are doing it right. Yeah, yeah, it's it's quite fascinating to to see that. And the person, you know... uh, Saying they their hand they were handcuffed by their own system. Yes. They yeah. need someone from the outside to tell them yeah. or show them yeah. that they need to do this. That's the lawyer Faulkner. Yeah. He's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So um, for me uh, to see the difference, to see the in one room where it was quite divided, that all of a sudden I think everybody in that room was wanting the best for mm. Jordan's principle. All of a sudden, it changed. And uh, and I thought, it's possible, even inside the government that we criticize a lot, I want them to know that I saw the difference and this must continue. And how much fantastic it is. You have the power to make changes mm. and you make it. You mm. don't use that power to take away. It's to give. My God, I, I hope that they feel the difference. It's so fantastic. So we just have to make sure they continue, that this does not change. And uh, not only that, but that eventually they will have these children all their lifetime. It's not because they turn 16 mm. or 18 or right. 21 that right. you should stop uh, helping them. They're not cured. Right. You s- they still need uh, help. Right. So, you know, it takes time. It's now, during the development of all the stages that this went through, and you see the the roadblocks, or you, you at least you see the areas where where it got stopped in certain places. You know, um, the budget is is one, but but when you hear about um, uh, some of the, you know, obviously it looks like there's there's deliberate racism going on. Of course, you know, um, and and you see those kind of things. And and Cindy is very good at raising the, those issues and addressing things with a, such a delicate oh. hammer. Yes, <laughs> right. She does yes. have a hammer, and she's great at at being able to 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 uh, bring those things forward. And she talks about the law as both a sword and a shield. Yes, it can be used can as be either a sword, a sword, yeah. or a shield. Yeah. And imagine uh, being inside the government and have that power mm. that you can go one way or the other. I hope they they can see, even through this film, that when you're against and you're making it difficult for these families, what it feels like. And then at the end, you're doing the opposite. You're helping everybody. I hope they prefer that feeling, that uh, to feel for themselves, my God, what have I done, you know, mm. what Let's yeah. let's get together. Yeah. There was so much love in that room all yeah. of a sudden, yeah. and uh, and I thought, oh, see, it's possible, it's possible that you can do great things inside a mind that uh, was so against and uh, making people yeah. feel they were disturbing them to ask for help. Although the department is there supposedly <laughs> to help the nations. 
yeah, supposed to have always been there to, to yeah. be there. Do you know what we used to say in the 60s? I think it was Duke Redbird who made this oh, yeah? this statement. In 1960, we became Canadian citizens and we traveled. Mm-hmm. We sta- me, I'd never been anywhere. And to, to meet all the different nations, comparing the language and feeling so rich, all the traditions and the culture. And we, we had a lot of shows. And I think it was Duke. I could be wrong, but I think it was him. He said, Indian Affairs is honest. I don't know why you're accusing Indian Affairs of, of all these things. They're telling you Indian Affairs. They find out our affairs, and sometimes they give us a number or not. <laughs> you know, we had so much fun. We could uh, really... Uh, Coming back yeah. to the film and talking about... Um, you know when and it, and it goes right back to what you were saying about the love in the room and about helping children yes. and i can't imagine you know when you hear about things like uh well there is a way for you to get help for your child give them up yeah. imagine that you know and I, and it's so how would how would anyone feel yeah. having that statement given to them that's a crime and so I, I wonder about people that were, that made those statements. If they, how how could they not yeah. make that, you know, have empathy for those people saying, the the child needs they want to give their child as much love as yeah. you mentioned yeah. earlier yeah. and attention and help, yes. and they're saying, no, just yeah. give them over here and yeah. it, we'll take care of it. It's yeah. just it's sick. But you know more and more, like uh, you know, when you're in it, like us for so many centuries, uh, mm. you you don't re- don't understand that. Mm. Now uh, you know we have uh, lawyers, we have doctors, we have judges, we have uh, every lots of artists, filmmakers. We have APTN mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. showing everything as mm-hmm. as long as it's done professionally, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a different time and. They, they, they have to stop that. Mm. Now, you mentioned that you've seen things change over the years. But when I hear statements such as we just talked about, um, that lack of empathy or, or, or understanding from one human being to another human being about either a child or an issue uh, where there is unjust treatment... Um, from your perspective, and you say you see that in their face when they like, when they get it, sort yeah. of. Is that surprising to you after all this time and, and, and working in the industry that you, you have worked I, in? If I didn't believe that changes can occur or that, that it can be very different, I wouldn't be working. You know, mm. I would be doing something mm. else. I believe in it, and I believe in it from the very beginning when I was 15, 16 years old understanding there was something terribly wrong mm. and I was, uh, was going to do something about that. I haven't changed. I'm working the same way. It's for mainly children, but it's for all our people. And, uh, and I know that we can win in every aspect. It's just that when you let go and uh, you get tired and you get depressed and you don't believe in it, then it, no changes occur. But if you... And it, more and more, our people are less and less afraid to talk back and to force the changes. And it's happening. And I know that there's an ear that I've never had before across the country. I think Canadian wants to see justice done. And even Cindy in the film, she says, justice is possible. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my God, it's just uh, beautiful. What's uh, what's coming up next for you? Anything in the future after this? Oh yes, there's always. Future. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about. Oh, it. you're not going to talk about it. Okay, yeah. you're going to keep us in suspense. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. fine. No worries. Listen, uh, anything else you want to you want to mention about this film and be- yeah. b- before the opening? <clears throat> the uh, the the really nice part is for me, um, since 2011, this is the seventh film, mm. and the very well connected, right? And the film board is going to make a box set with all the seven films. Great. They're waiting for Jordan ah. to be finished. Yeah. So that uh, to me is very uh, exciting, and there'll be a lot of bonuses, which means 
more information uh, mm. for each film that was done, mm. and some of them uh, are done in the in the in the in, for instance in the Cree language, for I Ho Mistahit, and we have it in French, English, and Cree, mm. and uh, same thing with partly uh, Trick or Treaty. Mm. And mm-hmm. uh, so last year was the year of uh, indigenous languages. Yes. And uh, we uh, got help from ACTIF, actually, mm-hmm. and the film board to do a Mohawk version of Kanyange uh, Haga Kanesataki, 270 mm. Years of mm. Resistance. Mm. And it was like so wonderful to do that work. I felt, you know, I said to people, it was so spiritually uh, profound that I thought this, this for me that's a religion mm. just to work and to see young people learning the language and be fluent and so much love and you know it just tells you so much about yourself that uh, you could never translate in that's, any language that's great and it's yeah. cor- of course wonderful to see the rejuvenation of languages yes. happening yes. more and more yes. There's one more thing I want to talk to about the, about the film before we wrap up, mm-hmm. and that is Spirit Bear. We haven't mentioned Spirit Bear. Spirit Bear is very present. Spirit Bear is always a witness <laughs> in the courtroom. Right, yes. We're not, and Spirit Bear is getting to have a large family. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of bears. And uh, you saw when there was this um, uh, celebration at the Senate mm. for Spirit Bear, all those people bringing the teddy yeah. bears. Yeah, yeah. So, and... Uh, uh, Cindy uh, wrote a couple of books, yep. and uh, Amanda Strong is doing uh, an animation film on it. So there's so much right. stuff going on for right. Jordan. It's amazing. Yeah, it's it's really wonderful. Yes. Uh, will Cindy and Spirit Bear be at the opening? Do you oh, know? Oh yes. <laughs> you know, Jorlene is coming. It's uh, Jordan's sister, oh, his nice. older sister, yeah, yeah. and another one of his sisters, Chris. That's great. And also, you know that old man who speaks in Cree? Mm-hmm. Well, wh- when I was at the summit, after he was finished speaking, I ran around trying to find three people to get the releases done and tell them that you know, they might be in the film. Mm. I could not find him mm. to save my life. And, you know, and I asked so many people. I felt like I'm a mounted police. Mm. I'm sending the, the, the information to AFN, to several, the Ontario Chief uh, Association, to many, and nobody said, no, we don't know who he is, don't know who he is. And a friend of mine, Gail Morris, came to Montreal for a festival, and I said to her, is this the same Cree as you? And do you know this man? And, and she says, no, but it's the same. It's a from uh, it's mm. Western Cree. And uh, an hour later, she got his name. Mm. And uh, another hour, she got his phone number. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I said, man, it's just like an investigation. And I called him. And he phoned me back, and he's coming. Oh, nice! To to the the premiere tomorrow. That's great. With someone, he's working for the Grand Council of Chief, I think, of Alberta or from out west. Mm. So I thought, oh my God, I can't believe it. it took me months. I could never find his name, <laughs> and now he's gonna come. He's so beautiful in the film. Yeah, yeah. it's very true. Yeah. yeah, it's nice to have that element yeah. for sure. Elanise, it's been wonderful having you here on the program. Thank you so much for coming in and, and taking your time to share with us about this film and the great work that you've done and this this wonderful story that needs to be told and needs to get out there and people need to see it. Thank you for your help and thank you for watching it. My pleasure and I hope we can do, uh, do more to help spread this and it would be great to have you back on again for your next project whenever that is uh, coming you, to sir. fruition. <laughs> You've been listening to Element FM. I'm your host, David Moses. My guest today is Alanis Obansuin. And once again, it has been wonderful having her here. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses, and you are listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. Second part of the show today, my guest is Christopher Ochter. Now, Christopher grew up roaming the beaches and forests of Haida Gwaii. What a terrible terrible thing for him on the west coast of Canada. What a beautiful place uh, Haida Gwaii is. Uh, Queen Charlotte Islands, of course, as as it may also be known. And uh, Christopher has uh, a film that's going to be premiered this evening at uh, TIFF, and it is called Now is the Time. Now, this film that Chris has uh, been working on 
is it's an interesting film. I got to tell you, it's it's not a long film, but it is uh, a film about something that uh, took place some time ago. But he's bringing it into the future now. Christopher, welcome to the show. First of all, it's great to have you here. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Happy to be here. And you know, um, when I was watching this, a couple of things came to mind. Uh, two things struck me. One was, it's going to fall. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's going to fall. It's going to fall. Crush some people. It looked like it was going to fall. You know, just from and but they wanted to raise this totem in a in the traditional fashion, right? Yeah. And uh, so when I saw that, that was quite something. And, of course, bringing the two clans, I believe it was the, the uh, eagle and the, and the raven yep, clans right. that they brought together. Uh, it, was, it was really powerful. And it was really, really interesting to see, of course, the elders, so many of the elders that took part in this, the dancing at the end, a lot of the women dancing and those kind of things. Yeah. Um, so when did you decide that this was going to be something you wanted to bring to the screen? And, of course, the other thing is that I noticed was the wonderful footage that you got. Mm, yeah. Great footage and, and what great quality, of course. Yeah, well, the, the footage was really one of the things that early on really got me excited because one scene, the place I grew up 50 years before and, um, and the people and seeing how much things have changed and other things that haven't and... Um, um, but yeah, so so many of those stories that you mentioned about you know the pole possibly dropping, like <laughs> like I, I'm not sure who it was, if it was Reg or Robert said that um, you know the brave people that <laughs> stood under the <laughs> under the pole, right? But because uh, uh, they they just brought everything together because things hadn't happened in like nearly a century, and all those things like there's it was the elders that kind of made all that happen, and and they all got together and and remembered what they were told in terms of how to do it properly terms of how deep to dig the hole, you know, how to transfer the pole from one spot to another, uh, even the rope, right? Like the, um, mm. these are all things that just, um, uh, like with Robert, he was just focusing on carving small argillite pieces. He right. had done a pole before. Yes. And, uh, you know, like he, he says in the film, like, oh yeah, I need a, I need a pole. And his dad <laughs> found the pole for him. And, and he, he just kind of jumped in and, um, made it happen, even though he was, you know, probably a little bit frightened at time, like, what did I get myself into? But, um, but he started it and then it triggered and then the elders kind of came together to really make sure it happened properly. And it's just so beautiful uh, seeing um, the, the women dancing and, you, you know, at times you see their feet, you know, those, that, that, those feet have been a lot of places and walked a lot of miles and they're, they're dancing and they're so happy to. Because that doesn't really happen nowadays in potlatches, it's the younger people that are doing it. Mm. But that's because the younger people didn't know how to do it. So the elders were, were showing them this is how you do it. And that was just so fascinating, so beautiful. And, 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 and the smile on their faces, it just gives me instant warmth and smiles when I, when I see them. And yeah. So beautiful. Yeah, so, and that's the other thing you mentioned about this this wonderful footage uh, with the actual carver now talking about that then, and he is also in the film then, yeah. you know, as a young man. And it's so wonderful to see that captured, and, and it's, like I said, the, the footage is, is wonderful. It's really uh, high, high-end uh, film uh, footage. Yeah, well, it was like... Um, uh, Barbara Wilson, who was uh, worked with the National Film Board as part of at the time they were putting together an Indigenous film crew uh, to um, share, mm. you know, filmmaking and stuff, mm-hmm. and and she was actually one of the first female cinematographers, and um, she heard that this was happening, so she was very instrumental in getting the NFB up there in the first place, and um, so uh, with. So she she was up there and and they filmed Robert and um, we had all this beautiful footage um, from back then and we had the original film and I had audio from the original film but what I didn't have I, I didn't have the audio um, for like the B roll and it it was missing it didn't mm. it didn't last the, it didn't um, uh, survive the test of time okay, yeah. yeah but the footage did and it was mm. all shot on thirty five millimeter mm. footage so that's why it's so beautiful <laughs> yeah. and we digitized it into 4k so yeah. it looks like in some cases it was shot yesterday yeah it's great yeah um and uh but i did find um interviews i managed to find at the bc archives interviews that uh, imbert orchard did as cbc um 
Um, he had a program called Between Ourselves, and he interviewed Robert at the time. And then when me speaking with Robert, he also um, said that he was in another film that the NFB did called Hide a Carver when he was 14. And he, when I first met him at his studio and talked to him, was one of like there's so many things that grabbed me from from our first conversations. Very fascinating, um, and he said, "Yeah, at one point he was called the last Tide Carver." And I'm like, "Well, where where was this from?" You know, like it really, you know, one of those things that just kind of draw you in. And it turns out it was in this film called Tide Carver that Robert was in, and it was a sign of the times too because. He, his name wasn't even in the credits or his chinai, uh, his, mm-hmm. his grandfather, his, who was a big part in it. And mm-hmm. they, they w- weren't in the credits. So it was a little bit like a lost film, mm-hmm. like in terms, because if you did a type of, oh, Robert Davidson, let's see what films come up with the NFB. He's wouldn't have come up. Yeah. So, but the NFB was able to find that. And then through uh, me watching that film, I asked for the B-roll too. So we had B-roll. So it was beautiful to, to get footage of Robert even younger, like before... <laughs> The carving of the pole, which yeah. so he's fourteen in that film, Hide a Carver, and then he's twenty twenty two, I think, okay. for um for, for for the footage of when he carved the pole with his brother Reg. Wow, that's great for yeah. putting this together. So yeah. so let's talk a little bit more about the back end of this in terms of uh, the the totem itself and why it was so important that this be raised. You you already uh, alluded to the fact that it was over a hundred years or so that that a totem had been in the community. Why? Yeah, well, that was one of the big questions too for me. Is was uh, going because I had a lot of questions going in, and and this was it was beautiful to be able to do this project because it really was uh, allowed me to take a, a deep dive and and really discover for myself different parts of my my Haida history, mm. um, and especially this moment a moment that I really hadn't known about before I started working on this project, which is one of the reasons why I was so so excited to kind of bring it. Because I thought if I didn't know, I can't be alone on that. There must be others. Um, and um, so one of my, my main questions was, well, what happened to the totem poles? There used to be a forest of totem poles in, in the villages. And you know, there's, there's pictures to mm-hmm. that. And then all of a sudden there's pictures and they're, they're all gone. And poles have a lifespan. Then they're not supposed to come down in, until they pretty much rot. It's their lifespan, just like a human. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you come, you, you rise, and then you fall back to the earth. Um, so that was a question, what happened to them? And it, it boggled me. And also, why are the totem poles so important to us? Mm. Like, like, um, so those are questions that I, I, like, what do they represent? And those are questions that I, I searched for. And some things I found the answer to, like what happened to the totem poles, and that's, that's in the film. And also, I guess my answer to why the totem poles are so important, one of the reasons is, is that when a totem pole goes up, it triggers everything else, all different aspects of our culture, the dancing, the singing, the um, uh, more art, like either doing prints or um, it's just all the different protocols that go into our culture, it triggers. So that's why it was so important that this pole go up. So it wasn't just creating the art and the, the, the act of, carving the pole it was what everything else that came with it the potlatch that has to go with the pole raising um uh, yeah the the singing and dancing so it really was a full community effort and a full cultural experience in terms of of waking it all up again uh, yeah after it'd been sleeping for so long and now you mentioned the different aspects and the different cultural things that go with it you mentioned prints um there is a scene in the film where someone is handing out prints. It looks like everyone's getting something. Yeah, is that? Accurate? Yeah, well, that's like that's part of the potlatches. Mm. As uh, people are putting on the potlatches, are are giving giving their wealth away and right. share, sharing it. And um, that's one of the beautiful things about potlatches is the 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 gift of sharing. Mm. And whether that's knowledge or or physical gifts mm. or or. Um, or maybe name giving, um, and those were prints that Robert did and and he made. And there was like uh, again, there there's so many different avenues I could have gone with mm. this story. And you know, there was some footage that one of the things that grabbed me early on was there was this paint can, and it said totem pole paint, <laughs> and that fascinated me because if a totem pole hadn't been you know carved and raised in a hundred years, but you have this can of with totem pole, black totem pole paint, it's so so official. <laughs> Yeah, so that was that was one of the things that really grabbed me, and I was like, ah, it's it's it's, it's got you know it's got to be in the film, um, but uh, and 
it turns out that had its own story as mm. well. Like it was one of uh, uh, of Bill Holmes' mm. uh, um, cans of paints he was carving in Vancouver, and I mm. guess he he also um, mm. you know gave gave some insights and some um, mentorship to Robert right. along the way. Right. Yeah. Now there's a couple of other little uh, uh, surprises, I guess you might say, in the film. Um, and I think that has to go back to, to your own uh, education. You, you went to Emily Carr School in Vancouver. You also went to Sheridan College. Yeah. Uh, animation? Yeah, and yeah. computer animation. Yeah. Computer animation. And there is, of course, some computer animation in the film with one of the, uh, one of the uh, images that we see um, uh, with uh, Robert is sitting there carving. And, and you bring some animation to that. Uh, did, did, was he, like, was that actually the way it was and you you augmented that to, to come alive sort of or yeah are you referring to the the pole that comes across his desk or the the print on the, yeah, the wall print, yeah. okay yeah the the print on the wall um it was physically in the space and mm. then when i needed it to animate um right. yeah i had a, I had a few different um copies of it the, and then <laughs> uh, i animated it later on in, in the computer but it was in the physical space and there's um um if I may, there's there's actually a kind of a beautiful story, uh, a gener- uh, moment of generos- generosity from Robert with with that design and being able to use mm, it. Mm. So I, I first saw that that image online just when I was doing some searches, and it said you know print by Robert Davidson. It was called mm. the gift, mm. and um, so I printed it off, and I uh, it was at my during my second visit to to his studio, and. Um, I went there to show him kind of what what I what I'm working on, what I'm thinking about for for the piece, and and then I presented him this image, and I said I'd really love to use this image because I I want to give some context to the audience so they can understand why this was an important moment th- with the poll going up because it happens fairly often now, so I I didn't know if the audience would get that no this hadn't been happening and this was special, mm. um, so I wanted to this character to give the context and the beautiful part about the image is one side it had an eagle the other side i thought it was a raven because the 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 beak was solid mm. and and it mm. didn't quite have the the dip from the, the the eagle's beak and then it had this beautiful spirit character almost um connecting them mm. so for me it was like uh, the Haida spirits like mm. um because in in Haida culture you're either from the raven clan or you're from the eagle clan mm. so everybody and an eagle can't marry a uh, uh, eagle and a raven can't marry a raven you gotta right yeah anyways uh, and it goes further than that of course um but um so i asked him can i use this mm. and um and i explained why and he at the end he's like oh okay and he's just listening intently and he's like but you can't use the print and i i just sunk in Mm. And and in 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 my chair, and he explained why he said it because it was a gift um, mm. for being able to uh, for the coast for being able to have his carving studio on Coast Salish mm. land in in White Rock, and we were talking some more. He said, "But I have lots of stuff. You you must be able to to find something else. Um, you should make an appointment with my assistant Helen and look at my portfolio." So I said, "Okay, okay," but I wasn't quite ready to drop it. So I, I we talked a little bit more, and and I I asked him. I was like, "Well." Well, well, can't you just change the? Oh, sorry. the 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 part I thought was a was a raven was actually a, an eagle in the Coast Salish style. Ah. So I had both Coast Salish and Haida style, right. um, both eagles. And I, well, well, can't you just t- change this eagle into a raven? And he started laughing and he said, oh, you, "You just sound like my aunties, always asking me to change things." <laughs> <laughs> and I, I laughed nervously and. Um, but I, I okay, I, I relented, and a, a couple weeks later, I called uh, to make an appointment, to, and then I messaged him. Okay, I made I made appointments to your 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 portfolio, and he said um, okay, and he he very quickly messaged me back, and he said, oh, that's great. Um, I just wanted to let you know that I changed the 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 design, so it's a raven and an eagle, mm. and I digitized it for you. Oh, wow. I, yeah, yeah. So oh, nice. that was that was a beautiful, beautiful, generous moment. Yeah, that's yeah. great. You're listening to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. This is Element FM, and my guest is Christopher Ochter. He is the director for Now is the Time, and it premieres tonight at the Toronto International Film Festival. And we have been talking about the film and the wonderful archival footage that he was able to get to make the, and bring this film up to date. You know, the, the, the carver, Robert Davidson, that is in the film is in it as a young man and it's a it, it is a really wonderful story about bringing this 
uh, totem to life into the community and, and what that means to the community beyond raising this totem and the things that have to happen. For instance, his grandfather says to him once the uh, once it's raised, okay, now you know you have to do the ceremony. Kind of, you have to initiate that with the dance, and he does that performance. Uh, it, it's really, it's a, it's a really wonderful uh, a piece that is. I'm sure the the community is proud of as well. Yeah, well, we're we're going to be doing um, a screening up in Masset and mm. Skidigit, so on mm-hmm. Haida Gwaii uh, very soon, and we're also doing a Haida version, so it'll be all in Haida oh, nice. too. So that'll be really beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and. Um, and it's actually my auntie Jane who's speaking for the Haida spirit that speaks in 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 Haida, and um, um, yeah. There's another little piece at the end of the film, and it's it it has to do with um, one of the women in the film that is talking, and then it shows her as a young person at the very end as well. Do you know who I'm talking about there? I can't remember who it is either, but yeah, yeah, I was. Oh, yeah, that's Barbara Wilson. Yes, Barbara yes. Wilson. That's yes. right. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, she gives them like really powerful accounts. See, these these are it's like some of this deep dive for me into into this part of our history. It just amazed me because I grew up in a very different time from when Robert grew up. Because mm. um, I grew up quite surrounded by by the art form, and and um, my mom did fashion design with my aunt. Mm. So I would go upstairs for breakfast, and there'd always be these beautiful Haida designs drawn by uh, illust- uh, mm. created by Clayton Gladstone, and there'd be um, taped onto our windows, and because uh, my mom and, and my aunt would then trace it onto the fabric and mm. to, to put it onto right, there. And right. um, uh, you go to f- uh, feasts, different feasts, and there would always be Haida singing, or you know, my my uncle was always creating Haida art and a huge inspiration. And but so then to to come into this story and see that wow, just ten years before I was born was that moment that kind of seemed like it sparked. And mm. so that's why I lived in a different time mm-hmm. that, than Robert grew up. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was one of the things with this film is 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 understanding that and kind of seeing that, that difference. And Barbara gave such a beautiful account that further illustrated just what it was like and just how people were feeling and thinking when she says, you know, this is one of the most, after seeing the pole go up, this is one of the most beautiful um, moments in my life. I'm so proud. But I just don't think it's going to be enough. Mm. We're grasping at straws here. Mm. Like, so that was just like, wow, like that gave me a glimpse into how she was thinking back then. And and I'm sure many others were thinking that way. So that was one of the things that I really wanted to share with this film is I wanted to place the audience in that day, in that time. At least I tried hard to, to make that happen with, with uh, giving a lar- large chunk when you're seeing the pole go up to just be the soundscape, the real soundscape, that audio that was, that was captured when, when, you know, during, during those, the time when it was coming up on August 22nd, 1969. So I tried hard to kind of... To, um, um, and then give those nuances like what Barbara said. and mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's a wonderful film. Congratulations on putting this together. It, it, uh, it premieres tonight. Do you know what theater? Yeah, it's at the Scotiabank uh, Theater. Okay. Yeah, and I believe it's uh, the Shorts Cut Program number six. Okay, and it's going to run a couple of other times, I'm guessing. Yes, yeah, so it'll, it'll uh, as well on the... Mm, on the 15th, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, people can go to the TIFF uh, a ca- calendar and find out when that is airing if they're interested in seeing it. Anything else you want to mention about the film before we go? Um, no, I don't think so. I think, I, um, I mean, there's always lots to talk about, but, yeah, <laughs> uh, with with the film. And what about uh, what's coming up next for you? You got anything else on the horizon? Yeah, I got a, I got a few other, uh, I got quite a few different, I guess, ideas and avenues I could, I could go down. And then I guess the most, uh, uh, the one I'm, physically working on is actually um, uh, a graphic novel. So, mm. yeah, yeah, a story that's been, um, again, really having to research uh, a lot to really understand it, to be mm. able to tell it properly. And yeah, You know, uh, I, you just uh, made me think of this, and I'm not sure why, but Haida uh, Gwaii, the, the, there was a story a number of years ago uh, that came out of the West Coast, and, uh, and, and I thought it was quite a sad story when I heard it. It was about the, the sacred tree that was... Down. Mm. Someone swam over and cut it down or something? Yeah, the golden spruce. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, that was uh, uh, when I was growing up. That that mm. that um, that happened. Like I was I was living there, and and that was a huge. It was a huge. Um, um, yeah, logger. He was making a statement, and uh, he he cut that one down. He thought it was getting too much attention in terms of like why why are we putting this one tree on display when we're clear cutting so many others. So I think his his intentions were maybe was noble because yeah the clear cutting is is not we shouldn't be doing that mm. um there's much more sustainable ways to 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 log um but he didn't know that the tree was so connected yeah to our our culture and yeah and to the height of people um but yeah that that was a an nfb film as mm-hmm. well yeah yeah i remember hearing about that Christopher, it's been uh, great having you here. I appreciate you taking the time to come in and speak with us about the film. Uh, now is the time. And anything about the title? Why Why now is the time? What's the yeah, name? well, the the first film was called uh, This Was the Time. Mm. And I just felt now is the time was a little bit more like action. Like it's, it's, it's mm. not placing back in the past. It's like now. So mm-hmm. like you could do anything now. Like you got to act now and you can make, make, make changes. Okay. Christopher Octor is the uh, director for Now is the Time. It's during the uh, TIFF uh, Toronto International Film Festival. I want to thank him once again for coming in. It's been great having you here. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a real pleasure. You're listening to Element FM, and this is Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Once again, I'd like to say thank you to my guests that were on the show today, Alanisa Bonsuin. You can catch the premiere of her show Jordan River Anderson, The Messenger, and that is a documentary. And that will be tomorrow night at the Jackman Hall Theatre. And then, also, I would like to say thank you to Christopher Ochter coming in and uh, talking about his film, Now is the Time, and that is going to be showing on Sunday night at Scotiabank Theatre. I also want to say Nyawa Miigwech Wanishi and thank you to everyone who helps put Moment of Truth together. They include in Ottawa, Jill Kennedy and Caroline O'Neill. In Toronto, Andrew Johnson, Luca Capone, Kathy Zabokin, Bruce Barber, Andrew St. Germain. Nyawa Miigwech and thanks for listening. <laughs>